Well, good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to 291 episode of Be With Me, 7 Minutes of Biblical Wonder. We've been working our way through the New Testament Gospels, and yesterday I think we achieved awe, which is a big goal of this uh, podcast in looking at the Father that he ran, that his core and his inner being and his bowels, he was full of compassion for the prodigal son. And the prodigal son brings only dirt of skin and dirt of morals and dirt of spiritual lostness, and the, they start a party. Remember, we're in a, in a series in Luke 15 about joy uh, over the before the angels of God over one sinner who repents, or there will be joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. So we're going to see that in today's story. So let's let's get to the joy. I think I'm going to title this uh, Partying with the Dead Guy. So let's get to the party. Verse 18 The prodigal son says, I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let's eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. And later on when he's uh, arguing with the grouchy son, he says, son, you're always with me and all is mine is yours. It is fitting to celebrate and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he is found. So let's talk about the party first. We have the father here. I wanted to look at the character of the father and he perhaps has been watching for him because he sees him a long way off and uh he feels compassion for him and he runs. We talked about that yesterday, those two things. And he embraced him, the, the word. So he embraces him. He falls upon his neck. And then he, and he goes to a clothing thing. He says, put the best robe on him. So we got this filthy guy. He's been in a pigsty. He's been traveling. He doesn't even have shoes. And he says, go find the nicest piece of clothing that we have in the house. And let's put it, put it on his stinky body. Grab a ring, maybe a family signet, uh, maybe a authority or a seal ring, rest, uh, showing that he's been forgiven. The father interrupts the long speech that the kid has and gets this party started, gives him, gets shoes for him, hasn't had shoes. And then uh, everybody's excited about this, except for the grouchy brother. We'll get to that tomorrow. And then the, also the fattened calf, <laughs> the, the the tender, supple uh, piece of veal is not very excited about this party that started because it means his, he gets eaten. And then the joy. He's, uh, the word celebrate is used three times 
uh, eating and celebrate, and it's fitting to celebrate. And then there's we hear that later on that there's music and dancing, and the declaration of the father: "This was my son. He was dead. He's lost, and now he's found." And they began to uh, uh, celebrate. So the, the party is very strong here. Uh, people say, I've heard this said that the prodigal son is about kind of about the grouchy son more than the uh, repentant son, the, the traditionally known uh, prodigal son. But I would like to disagree with that. I think the we to, to understand the story, we have to know the, the how they felt about this guy and they described him as dead. So think about this that they either thought he was literally dead in the in the story, that he had come to some harm because he'd been away for a long time. Or remember the last time they saw him, he said to the father, essentially, you're dead to me. Give me our inheritance now. And then I'm out of here. And not only am I out of here, I'm farly out of here. I'm going a far away to a far country. I'm, you guys are, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of here. And that's a path that they could see and assume that would lead to destruction. It's, it's almost like saying like, like uh, it, it, someone that's addicted to heroin, the ultimate goal of of that drug or the ultimate end of that drug is death. And so absent sobriety or getting unaddicted, or in the case of our story here, a repenting, that person is uh, like kind of like a dead man uh, walking. And the, so either... The family was assuming that this son was either a dead man walking or actually a dead man. Now, to understand the joy, I think you have to understand his deadness. Now, I've had a, a number of, of uh, friends who, who've had a physical loss of their children, that their children have died. And so imagine when my friends go to heaven and they meet up with their dead child who's now alive you think there's not going to be falling on on the neck of those people? Or I also know, you know, other people who've had miscarriages and, and abortions and lost their children. And, it, and I think we need to understand the sort of the horribleness of the view that they had of this son to really understand, oh, the party, oh, there's, there's robes and rings and music and, and dancing. Uh, they pull out all the stops. How, why do they pull out all the stops? Because of the deadness and now the the lifeness of it. So let's not underestimate how bad things were or the view of the father and the uh, family and the servants were to this lost son. That's how bad unrepentance is. Is He was viewed as dead, either literally or on a one-way one street to ultimate uh, deadness. And it's only in that deadness that we understand the joy of a lost child who was dead and now is alive.